Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. Our Old Testament reading for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost is from Job chapter 38. Here we hear where God calls out Job and responds to him as Job has been on this bent where he is questioning God and determining who is in charge. But here is what the Lord said to Job. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther. And here your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from Romans chapter 10. Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down? Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, and in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to call on Him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news! But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Pray to you, o Lord. 
So here we are, right after Jesus gets done feeding the 5,000. Here he immediately sends his disciples away. And we get to see a wonderful act where Jesus comes out to save his disciple Peter and the other disciples in the boat. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you a little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Faith. Faith is something that we talk about quite a bit as Christians. I mean, talking about faith is just part of our vocabulary. And it's really not a surprise. The word faith itself appears nearly 300 times in the Bible. And the Bible's clear. We receive God's blessings and life through faith. So it makes sense that we would talk about faith often. But because we talk about it so much, faith itself can easily become our focus. Now, that doesn't seem like a bad thing, does it? I mean, we are talking about big things. We're talking about unknown things. We're talking about future things. And that all requires faith. But it can take a bit of a turn. How would you complete this sentence? If I had a little more faith, I... What? Well, here are some of the possibilities. If I just had more faith, then I wouldn't be struggling like this, and I wouldn't keep falling into the same sins all the time. If I had a, a little more faith, then I wouldn't have these questions in my mind, these doubts in my heart. If I had a little more faith, I'd be at peace. I wouldn't have all these worries, all of these concerns just running around in my head all the time. If I had a little more faith, I'd be a better Christian. I'd be more willing to talk about Jesus, to share Him with others. 
if I only had a little more faith. Now, let me say this clearly, absolutely clearly. It is good and wonderful to desire and to strive with all of our heart, strength, and mind to avoid sin. And it is great when we are able to let go of worries and let go of doubts. And it is a very noble goal to be more open about speaking about Jesus. And it is, of course, a wonderful thing to want to grow in our faith. In fact, it's such a wonderful thing that there's a huge market geared toward that very thing, making your faith grow. So many books and articles and videos have been written and, and, and recorded telling us how to have more faith. Why, there's even this great motivational speech that's based on our gospel reading today. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. And the basic theme is that, yeah, we may remember Peter sinking and everything, but, but at least he was bold enough to get out of the boat in the first place. And you need to do the same, you know. So what is it? Are you a wimp or are you a water walker? With all this in mind, I want to take a look at the gospel reading again. I want to use four questions. We're going to skip parts of the gospel reading, unless you guys want to be here another 45 minutes. You know, we're going to skip a couple of things, but I want to, to want to focus on the gospel and the lessons of the gospel. I want to use four questions. Four questions to focus on the events of that night on the water and what highlight what the whole night was about. So, first question. Whose idea was it for the disciples to get into the boat without Jesus? Was it Jesus' idea, or Peter's idea, or John's idea, or the Bible doesn't say? Have you locked in your answer? And the answer is Jesus. Verse 22 says, immediately he, Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go to the, before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. As Pastor mentioned, this is following the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus sends his disciples on ahead of him. And one of the things we see from the beginning, in fact, we sort of see this entire shape of things happening in these couple of days, that Jesus is in total control of the situation. Jesus had plans for everything to happen. And this is one of the truths that we need to understand because sometimes it just doesn't quite seem that way to us. It's sort of like with Job. In the story of Job, who heard the end part today, part of the end, in the entire story of Job, we as the readers know that God is in control of this entire situation the entire time. But Job does not. And when God finally answers Job's demand that God give an account of himself, well, God simply asks Job about the creation, about the running of the world. And by his simple questioning of the bigger stuff that happens way outside of our control, God was making it clear to Job, hey, Job, I am in control even in the midst of disasters. In the case of the disciples, 
Jesus is definitely demonstrating His divine nature. He's demonstrating it not just in calming the storm like He had done another time, but demonstrating it by simply walking through the storm on the water to come to them. And here we learn one of the basic teachings of our faith, the basic tenets. It doesn't matter that the wind is blowing or that the waves are beating against us. Nothing is outside the knowledge and the control of our God. Nothing is outside of the knowledge and the control of Jesus. Question two, why did Peter begin to sink? He didn't have enough faith. B, he was no longer focused on Jesus. C, he ate too much bread and too many fish earlier that evening, you know, helped himself to the leftovers there. D, both A and B. Got your answer locked in? The answer is B. He was no longer focused on Jesus. Verse 29 and 30 tell us, So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Peter did not start sinking because he didn't have enough faith. Peter began to sink because he lost sight of Jesus. It's not that he was trying to focus on something other than Christ. It simply happened. He saw the wind, the wind and the storm. They overtook his senses. He was no longer focused on Jesus, and he began to sink. But I am willing to bet that like me, you're not going to be too hard on Peter. We know the feeling. We've experienced it ourselves. We know just how easy it is to take our eyes off of Jesus, to look at the things that are going on around us, the circumstances surrounding us, and in looking at them, learn fear. Fear of the things that are beyond our control. Question three. Who or what saved Peter? A, that life preserver John threw him. B, Jesus reached out and saved him. C, Peter started believing again. Or D, both B and C. Yeah, I was that teacher. Yeah, I I always did multiple, multiple choices. Yeah. Got your answer locked in? It's B. Jesus reached out and saved him. Verse 31 continues, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? When Peter realized that he was sinking, he became refocused on what was actually important, Jesus. Instead of trying to have more faith and start floating back to the top, He focused on the object of his faith, Jesus, and Jesus is the one who reached out to Peter and Jesus saved Peter. It didn't matter that he had little faith. Jesus loved him. Jesus reached out. Jesus did the work of saving him. 
And though the disciples didn't fully understand what was going on yet, Jesus was reaching out to them as well and to us as well. Jesus reaches into our lives and Jesus saves us. Jesus does all the work. He knew we'd focus on things other than him. He knew that the circumstances would overwhelm us and we would get distracted. He knew no matter how hard we try, we will fall short. And it is the very reason Jesus entered into our sinful world, to reach out and to save us, even though that would mean that he would have to take the punishment for himself, the death for himself on the cross. But he did it to save us. In question four, how did the disciples respond to this event? A, they worshiped Jesus. B, they asked Jesus to give them a little more faith. C, They told Peter to lose some weight. D, both A and B. The answer is A, they worshiped Jesus. Our gospel reading ends with verse 32 and 33. And when they, Jesus and Peter, got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Right there in the boat, in the middle of the lake, the disciples worshipped Jesus. They didn't try to figure out the secret of getting more faith. They didn't ask Jesus to zap them with enough faith. Instead, they simply turned to him and gave him the glory. Which is what we do as well. You know, we're in the boat right now, quite literally. Where you are sitting is called the nave of the church, Latin for boat. And in fact, our architecture reinforces it. Yes, it would be an upside-down boat, and yes, it would probably, well, I guess we'd have oxygen underneath the boat, right, if it were in the water. But there's multiple ways to hold the ceiling up, but we intentionally have these ribs reminding us of a boat. We're worshiping the God of our salvation right now. We're learning again that this story isn't about God wanting you to conquer your fears, nor is it about God wanting you to be bold and get out of the boat. This event isn't even about Peter's faith or lack thereof. This story is all about Jesus. Our worship is likewise all about Jesus. And we have the blessings of knowing what happened following this. The disciples worshiped Jesus as the Son of God. They saw His divinity in the miracles He was doing. But we worship even more. Because this Son of God is not simply Almighty God, but God in the flesh to save us. We get in the boat and we worship for reasons like we sang in our opening hymn today. Come, let us join our cheerful songs around the throne. 
as we sang in This is the Feast, worthy is the Lamb to receive glory and honor and power and wisdom and might. Why? Because that Lamb laid down His life for us. He saved us, not just from a physical peril, but from eternal death and damnation. He rescued us with His life. Paul says that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Which is why when we're gathered in the boat, we are always focusing our attention on Jesus because Jesus alone saves. And the amazing gift of God is this, that as we hear of Christ's work for us, God the Holy Spirit is strengthening our faith. Paul also says that if God didn't spare His Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him give us all good things? And then Paul goes on to remind us as the Holy Spirit prompts him that there is nothing, nothing in all of creation that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we are being battered around by the waves, when the storms are pushing hard, we remember Jesus and God's word of promise. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus, our Savior. And you know, we are going to get out of the boat. In a couple of minutes, we're going to leave this place, gathered with Christians, encouraged in our faith, and we're going to go back to our vocations, to our callings in the world around us. And the great news is, we're not going alone. The Christ who is with us here is present with us everywhere. And you know, it's really an amazing thing to think about. You just never know what Jesus might do with a little faith. Amen. May the peace of God that transcends all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, your salvation. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.